listening for God in prayer. Let's listen to the word of God in Proverbs and in John. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And Jesus' words in John. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. In the fall of 1977, I visited this church for the first time. I attended worship and uh, the adult ed, and I enjoyed myself very much. And so after the services, I went home, and I changed clothes, and I had lunch, and I went out into the front lawn to weed in my garden. A green minivan pulled up into my driveway, and I recognized a very friendly gentleman that I had met at church, and he lived in the neighborhood. So we exchanged information about the neighborhood and the church and our lives. And then after a time, he looked at me directly in the eye and said to me, God told me to ask you for help for my family. My son is sick, and my wife and I need help for the younger children. That took me totally off guard, shook me up. No one had ever looked me in the eye and said, God told me to ask you this. Um, My first thought was great admiration for this man who was so sure he had heard God's word uh, above his own thoughts and desires. The next thought I had was, wow, I feel spiritual. (laughs) He picked me out. (laughs) I'm very flattered that he asked me to help him. And then the, another thought came, well, I'd better not say no, because if God told him to ask me, then I'd be saying no to God, and that might be slightly dangerous. So I said, how can I help? <laughs> uh, his request was, was for me to help care for their newborn baby so that they could uh, care for their sick son and the other children in their family. And keeping an infant was not high on my list of things I was longing to do for the Lord or anybody else. But I agreed. And as it turned out, I was really blessed by God in doing this. And it was a very meaningful experience over a period of months. And it helped my faith to grow. And one of the most valuable lessons any of us can ever learn is how to hear God. God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But he wants us to listen for his voice and to seek him in prayer and to recognize his voice. And, of course, along the way, we'll make mistakes, but also have joyful successes and experiences with the Lord and listening and discovering Jesus' voice. The Bible is very explicit 
God does speak to us today, just as he did when the Bible was written. In the midst of our busy, our complex, our hectic lives, nothing is more urgent than to hear what God has to say to us. You might say, well, why would God want to speak to me? We, we have the scripture, and I know how to live. I know the golden rule, so I'll just live by that. Well, he doesn't want us to live by a rule book or a set of rules. He wants us to have the joy of the relationship with him and fellowship with someone who loves us and someone we love. First and most important, he desires a very personal relationship with each of us. He wants us more than just throwing, help me, God, prayers for us to know him and to know his ways and develop a love relationship with him. And that involves a two-way communication. The second reason is that we need his definite and deliberate guidance for our lives. We need his counsel for effective um, decision-making in our lives. In our decisions, especially when we're in our early years, where we go to college, our career choices, who we marry, where we choose to live, uh, those are important decisions, and seeking God in making those decisions can enhance or diminish our effectiveness for the Lord throughout our lifetime. It makes serving him much more difficult when we are suffering the consequences of bad decisions. And a third reason that he knows that we need his comfort. As we pray when we're upset, we should pray first. There is no comfort like the comfort of the Holy Spirit when we're hurting and when we're troubled and when problems come. And the presence of Christ and his promises are the difference between despair and hope. And I know many of you know what a great comforter the Holy Spirit is. And so God is still communicating today, and he wants us to know him. He wants us to, to, to seek direction for our lives. And even if we have made some terrible mistake in the past or a bad decision, uh, he wants us to seek him now so that he can redeem those mistakes and make our lives effective for him. And we don't have to go it alone and seeking direction and deciding our goals and pursuing our purposes. But he wants us to hear him, especially when we're serving him and helping others in his kingdom and in the world. But before we can do that effectively, we must walk with him daily and get to know him so that we can hear his voice, not just check in with him on Sundays or when we have help. If we don't walk with him, how can we recognize his voice? How will we know how to pray? How will we know what's on his heart and on his mind? We won't. We will end up praying what we think is best, uh, struggling to get him to walk with us rather than us walking with him. Uh, He wants to give us the desires of our heart, but he wants to have access to our hearts first. He has four principal 
methods of speaking and revealing himself to the contemporary believer in prayer. He could just answer immediately, but that's not his preferred way. He wants to teach us about his ways and his presence along the way. And the Lord's primary way of speaking to us today is through his word. The Bible is the unfolding truth of God, written by God about himself. He, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, by men who pen the pages. And if we're familiar with the word, we learn about his ways, and we can hear and discern what he's saying more accurately. We can learn the principles of his ways and his truth. And otherwise, we can fall into serious error and be getting direction from our own fallen emotions and desires. Every mature Christian that I have ever known has spent a lot of time in the written word of God. Every decision we make should be tested and confirmed with the truth of the written scripture. Are you in the scripture enough for God to really speak to you there? How does this work in a practical way? How does God work uh, by speaking to us through the scripture? Well, as we meditate on it, as we chew on it, as we try to digest it, and we, and we come to the word with a request or a decision or a question, God will often lead us to an incident in scripture, a passage or even a single verse that will relate to what concerns us. It might deal with specific experience or principle governing our decision, and uh, but it will be there somewhere in the text. And of course, of course, we cannot begin to take it out of context. There are dangers there. We have to be aware of the context. But one other way is if you've been reading your Bible every day, just go to where you've been reading. God is big enough to speak to you right there out of your daily devotional, or even God has spoken to me many times out of the same passage. It seems to keep speaking to me over and over. And when God speaks to you out of the scripture, it's always accompanied by some a sense of peace and a comfort. Early in my faith, I was really upset about something that God had done. I couldn't understand um, God at all, and I felt I was in danger of just walking away from him, from my faith. A young woman that I knew had developed cancer, and she had young children, and that cancer eventually took her life. And she was very spiritual, and every day she prayed, God, I'm willing to go home if that's your will, but reassure me that you're going to take care of my children and see that they're cared for and loved and raised in the faith. And I prayed with her daily about this, and we had a peace that this was really going to happen. Well, when she died, it didn't quite work out that way. The people that came into her children's life were not spiritual, and they weren't loving, and it really rocked my boat. And I said, God, I don't know why you treat your children this way, especially little children. And so I went to the scripture, and I was searching, and I came to Psalm 73, and it described exactly the way that I was feeling. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. 
I was a brute beast before you. But then I thought, where can I turn? Whom have I in heaven but you? Scripture. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It is good to be near God. I have made God my refuge. Very personal. Jumped right off that page into my heart. The answer of why God took her wasn't there. The answer to what was going to happen was not there. I had to live with those questions. But in time, I saw God turn it for good. And in my despair, it seemed like the story was all over. That's the end of the story rather than part of the story. And he provided her children what they needed, and somehow they grew up to become closer to him. And he taught me a lesson to believe, and even harder than believing, to believe and wait and live with the questions. He can direct us. He can challenge us. He can warn us. He can comfort us. He can reassure us. God speaks when we meditate and read his word. And usually the print, you've probably had this experience, becomes a little darker. It seems to jump off the page. Or suddenly your heart feels what is being said to you, and you know he's speaking. And it jumps right off the page into our hearts. Another way God speaks is to direct us by the Holy Spirit, by giving us a strong impression or a nudge. But again, he never contradicts his word or asks us to do anything that's inconsistent with the written word. If we feel he's telling us to do something that's against scripture, it's not God speaking. It's that other guy. I got a phone call a few years ago from a neighbor, and uh, she asked me to visit a relative of hers who was terminally ill, and she said he's a, he doesn't believe anything, and he's about to die, and he doesn't hear anything I say. Would you give it a try? Well, I didn't know how to do this, but I thought, okay, just step out. I'd heard, okay, if you're willing, God does the rest. So I prayed, and I went to see him, and I got there, and I introduced myself. And the first thing out of his mouth was, oh, thank you very much for coming. But I don't believe any of that stuff. I'm an atheist. I don't like religion. And I said, whoa, okay. Do you believe in God? And he said, what kind of God would allow things to happen in the church that happened to those children? And he said, I haven't spoken to God since all that happened. I don't believe any kind of God would allow that to happen to innocent children. And I, I said to him, well, you know, and, and I, my heart was beating, and I wasn't sure it was God, but I felt that nudge. I said, you know, you can feel that way. You have a lot of questions, but you might be, suppose you're wrong. Suppose there is a God. You might be standing before him in a few days. Don't you think you ought to talk to him about how you feel and see what he has to say? Well, he looked at me very strangely, but then I said, would you like to pray? And, uh, okay. 
So we prayed, and I prayed a simple prayer for God to speak to him and for him to begin to tell God how he felt about uh, his own life and what's happened to in the world. And so I prayed with them, and I left. And then when I went back a few days later, he said to me, I've been talking to God every day. He's right here. And he died. God did it. The Holy Spirit nudged me, and all I did was open my mouth and say some stupid things. But it worked. And I think on, in those situations where we know God wants every person in the world to come to him, we take the courage to believe that nudge, that's the Holy Spirit, and speak out for him. And with scripture as our foundation and the Holy Spirit speaking to us, we can also hear God through others. Sometimes we don't like to listen to those who are in our family or closest to us because we know their imperfections. So what could they say to us? We could say something to them. But often, God does speak through those who love us the most or in our family or our small group. And I think part of submission, the Bible says, submit one to another, is looking at someone who's very imperfect in your life and listening to what they have to say as if it were from God because it might be, and to take it and to pray over it and to see if God is speaking. Uh, It can be in a small group. It can be in a Bible study. It can be in your home. It can be with a friend. And finally, I think the way that God can speak to us through prayer is through circumstance as well. He's He's in charge of all the circumstances in the world, and we've all heard um, stories that uh, upset us because you can abuse this very easily just looking at circumstances. We've heard the murderers and criminals on TV doing horrible things where they said, well, God told me to do it or kill that person. Well, of course, that wasn't God because we know from Scripture that's not his ways. But God is in control of circumstances and God is a great door closer and a great door opener. And sometimes when we're wanting to do something, it's not a real clear decision, even after we pray. So we just keep praying and ask God to open the door or close it if it's right. I have a great story illustrating that. We all know the Lovets. I think they'll be here next Sunday, Dave and Pam. And uh, they're missionaries that we support. And Early on, they had gone into the mission field and were serving in Pakistan and helping all the um, refugees from Afghanistan come across the border. And, and they were having a grand time and feeling really God's call and the fulfillment of serving the Lord. And they came home on leave, and their headquarters, their mission headquarters, said, we think that you should change and go to a place called Tajikistan. And Where? Oh, Tajikistan was a tiny little country that had been part of Russia that had been liberated. And it was one of the poorest countries in the world, and there was no Christian witness there and no reason for anybody in their right mind to want to go live there. But Dave felt the tug that maybe this was God speaking through uh, his organization. Well, Pam wasn't quite too sure. She felt really good about the ministry they were doing in Pakistan. 
So she said, okay, God, I'll, I'll look at it. And she looked at it, and they were going to have to raise $25,000 in order to go to Tajikistan. And that's not easy for any missionary to raise. And so she came here one Saturday night to holiness service. She was sitting under that window, and she was praying, okay, God, I don't want to go, but I'm willing. If it's really you, provide the money we need. And so she had a peace after that. She didn't hear anything, but she had a peace. And so as she started to leave, a young woman came up to her and said, my mother died and left me a good estate, and I want to tithe it to you. Here's a check for your ministry. $25,000, not twenty-six, not twenty. God spoke very much through those circumstances to Pam because she was seeking him and and today, there's an established Christian witness in Tajikistan because of that couple's obedience. And so the word of God, the call of the spirit, the confirmation, and circumstances all came together for Dave and Pam, and they will for you. So to be really able to hear God's voice like I said, it's urgent that we walk with him, seek his direction through word and prayer, read his word, listen, listen, and finally be willing to obey. Why should he give you direction or tell you something? Why should he have provided that check if she was not willing to obey? If we're willing to obey, he will guide us. And he's eager to speak to obedient hearts. And finally... Whatever happens, you know, because we do all those things and we make an action or a decision, it might not come out the way we think it should. So we have to trust and we remember it's his world. We belong to him. It's his kingdom. It's his will. And he's in charge. And so beyond all else, if it blows up, and you think, whoa, or it's wonderful, and it comes out beautiful, it's okay, because we've heard him and obeyed him, and his will is best. And none of us may ever be as confident as that man who came to my garden that day and spoke God's words, but I think we all remember in the Old Testament People couldn't go to God and speak directly. Christ died. He shed his blood. He came out of that grave to open heaven's gates so we could have a very personal relationship with him and we could seek him and hear him. And this is part of the gift that was given to you and to me in his death and resurrection, that we could hear his voice. And Christ said... In John 14, some of the last words before he left earth, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and speak to you about everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you.
praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit, not leaving us as offerings, not leaving us without direction or an ability to hear your voice or discern your will, but you've sent the Holy Spirit to indwell. And, oh, God, give us a hunger for your word and a hunger to hear your voice and to obey you. It's the one thing that we cannot fail when our hearts are turned to obey you. Thank you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.